it going, Hill City? How we doing out there? A lot of families on here, a lot of the new faces came to see your babies. You're uh, just supporting your family, huh? Let me sing this next song with us.
talking about how you can feel a little funky sometimes, right? Like, oh, I'm just really tired, or I just don't know where my mind is today. And um, I was just telling the team, like, that I have to remind myself that I can be funky and I can be like, you know, up and down and kind of feel crazy sometimes, but we have a God that's consistent, right? He doesn't waver. He doesn't waver because of our feelings, our emotions, or what's going on that day. Um, And I'm just so thankful for that, right? That no matter where I'm at on a Sunday morning, God is still going to meet me right where I'm at. And so that's for you too. That's not just for us, you know? Um, God really wants to meet you right where you're at. You don't have to be like perfect and like confess all your sins or, you know, be like, okay, God, sorry, I did this, that, this and that, you know? Just come to him right where you're at and say, God, I really want you to speak to me. I really want you to speak directly to me. And and however that looks for you, um, that's okay if that means you close your eyes If that means you just pray to him right now and say, God, I need to feel your presence, then do that. However that looks for you, do that and invite him in as we enter into worship. Amen. It's by your will. It's by your will. 
worthy, Lord. One last time. You are worthy. Give God praise. Come on, give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, Lord, you inhabit the praises of your people, Lord God. You inhabit our praises no matter where we are or where we stand, Lord God. You inhabit us. You are with us, Lord God. And I pray that we are not appraising a God that's far away. You're right here with us. You stand right here with us. And we thank you for today. We, we are honored to praise you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. You guys can be seated. Shake the person's hand next to you. Tell them what's up. How you doing? Someone can help me pop some lights on. Good morning. I know it's hot and we'll get uh, we'll get some air flowing. We can't control the heat. So we so we're bringing the, so we are literally bringing the heat to you. We're bringing the heat. All right? I, I just want to, as we are taking, getting, uh, preparing our hearts for uh, our giving and our generosity, I just want to read you a verse out of Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 33. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that Matthew 6, 33. We celebrate the word of God because the word of God reveals Jesus and Jesus changes our lives. In Matthew 6, 33, it's a very common verse that many people know, but it says in 6, 33, but seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, his way of living. I want to say that his righteousness, his righteous way of living. And all these things in, in chapter 5 and chapter 6, all the things from, uh, uh, from promises and divorce and adultery and, uh, and, and fasting and, and worry and prayer and giving to the needy and where your heart is and where your purpose is, all these things that we worry about in life, these are, Jesus is just going over things we worry about, things we stress about. It's crazy. We were talking about last week. It's, it's pretty crazy that Jesus says, I want to give you life to the fullest. And we're like, all right, I'm down with that. And then we live this Christian life and it's so stressful. And I, and I, I, I tell you guys, uh, Paul and I, we discussed this. This is not the life Jesus was talking about. This is not the life of, of levity and of joy and hope. And, and, and what is he saying? He's saying, I got a secret for you. And in, and in all things, not only in your generosity, in all ways, as we seek God first, the way he does life, the way Jesus did life, how did he do life? He was humble, man. He took care of the people. He loved the people right next to them. Is Sometimes we try to look for our purpose beyond like where we are already at. You know, God has placed us right here in the lives of the people right next to us. And enjoy the moment right now because the moment is not always forever. Isn't that true? Things move very quickly. And, and, and in life, I just want you to understand, embrace where God has you. Embrace where he has you. And the way we don't worry, the way we, we can do live life like Jesus is that we talked about last week. You have to have the same disciplines of Jesus. We can't like perform in the moment. What, what's not in you won't come out of you. That's just truth, right? And if, if Jesus is in you and it's been a daily discipline in your life, when the hardships come, when you get squeezed, whatever's in you will come out of you. 
And so I want, that's why I want to tell you, seek God first. The way he lives his life, the way Jesus lives his life, and all the things that you worry about, the things you feel like you can't get a hold of, you'll get a hold of those things because all of it will be given by God. God loves you, and he wants to bless you. He does. He wants to bless your life. He wants to bless through your life. That is one of the grand theses of the whole Bible from end to end. From uh, from uh, from Abraham, you are blessed to be a blessing all the way to the end, to the disciples and to the church. They existed for the glory of God and for the joy of others. And I pray that that be our life. As the guys come forward, we're going to give and prepare your tithe and your offering, and I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this moment, God. This moment in time that we will never get back again, Lord God. Let us be present, God. I know that we we try to move on to the next thing. When we're in school, we want to work. When we're in work, we want to be on vacation. When we're we don't have kids, we want kids. When we have kids, we don't want kids. We there's just moments we want to move on and move on and move on, God. And I pray we embrace the moment, the place that you have us, the people that we're surrounded by. And I pray, Lord God, let us embrace that you have us there by your will and for your pleasure we exist, God. Let us not get over that ever, God. Let us never get over how you love us, how you're for us, and is for your pleasure, Lord God, that we exist. And we thank you for that. We honor you today in our giving. We honor you today in our listening. And we honor you with our time. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you guys in your giving. Put up that slide of baby dedications. All right. Today I get the privilege of bringing people up, praying over them, and uh, and uh, and celebrating the life of a child that God has uh, placed in our lives. We believe children are a gift, right? And all the moms are like, huh? No, we believe children are a gift. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All the grandparents are like, that's right, right? All the parents in the in the moment, in the trenches, I call it, in the trenches, are like. Sometimes they're a gift when they're sleeping, right? But uh, we, we dedicate uh, children because that's what happened in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Eli dedicated Samuel to the Lord, and Simeon dedicated Jesus to the Lord. There is a, there is a, a, a mirror that you can see in the, both the Old and the New Testament. So Eli dedicated Samuel. Samuel was a, a gift from God to Hannah who could not bear children and finally God blessed her with a child and, and, and she couldn't believe it so she wanted to in return dedicate this child to whatever the God, whatever God wanted to do with this child. And then in Luke 2, Simeon dedicates Jesus. He holds Jesus in his arms, the high priest, and bless him. And it was custom in the Bible to take your child to the temple and have the, the man or, or, the, or the woman of God bless them. Even Jesus was dedicated and greatness was spoken over their lives. So we dedicate a child unto God and speak blessings over them as it was in the Bible. And today we're dedicating seven children, right? And there's so many more. You guys are rapidly reproducing the next generation, which is really good because the truth is we are here for the next generation. It is a beautiful thing that uh, some of the best things, uh, some of the things that will give us the greatest purpose is to focus on the beauty of the next generation. It really is. It gives us a grand purpose. 
and, and it's awesome. But we're not only dedicating children, we're dedicating families and friends and aunts and uncles. We're dedicating uh, the church uh, family here. Because uh, let, us, uh, let us not forget that we, as children grow up, the, the adults and the teenagers, we are roadmaps to their life. The way they look at life is the way you look at life. Isn't that true? And the way, and there's some things that uh, that we had people in our lives. They looked at our life so negatively, and we carry that with us, right? And because and when it, it, it's funny when you think about the worst things that happened to you, you think of your childhood, and you think about the best things that happened to you, you think of childhood. So that gap of I would say the first 12 years is so important. I'm gonna say that again. Those first 12 years are so important for you are being put together mentally, spiritually, physically in those 12 years. And the way you grow in those 12 years dictates, and, and it dictates the way you think. Either you have to break down or you have to keep on building, right? In those, in those moments. So it's very, very, very important. So family, parents, church family, aunts, uncles, friends, you are a roadmap, lead them. Teach them, love them, cover them. Family, be an example. Be an example. Let, let home be a place of peace. And if it's not today, work towards it. Speak words of life and not death over your children. How many of you know that words matter, right? Words carry weight. It matters. Carry words of life and not death. Leave a legacy of hope. Leave legacy and legacy has 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 a little to do with financial legacy we're like oh i'm trying to lead this thing no leave a legacy of hope where they can catch something from you and see the world in a more grander more beautiful way with wonder with wonder right let home be safe husbands and wives the best thing you can give your child is an authentic relationship with god and the best marriage ever. I always tell Candace, the best thing, I, I tell my kids this, and, 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 and they're like, oh, you guys always are going out and doing vacation and stuff. And we're like, that's right. That's right in your face, right? <laughs> that's what we get for taking you to boondocks, right? I, like, I'm sorry, kids. I'm, the kids are here. Like, we love boondocks too, right? Um, but if we, we, if we don't invest into one another, the best thing we can give our my children is a beautiful relationship between us, right? And so we work on that. And just as much, sometimes in, in, in culture, we work on the wrong, we work on children first in the marriage. And then we're like, why is our marriage so crazy? I'm, I'm telling yourself, telling you guys, work on the marriage, man. Work on relationships. Relationships are very vital. But at this time, I'm gonna bring up the first, uh, the family of Jude, Emmanuel Acosta. Would you guys come up? whoever wants to come up with them come up here the crew it's the crew I'm telling you they're pausing yeah come up come up guys come up Joe what's your name I like your bow tie dude everyone welcome Jude will he let
even shaved my mustache for this. That's, that's right. But at this time, we're going to pray over Jude. for life and when Jude would speak that they would he would speak with wisdom Lord God let him be a gift to this family I pray for this family as well Lord God I pray Lord God that you would strengthen mom and dad Lord God be in their marriage I pray for grandparents and aunts and aunties Lord God I pray Lord God that they would speak words of life Lord God and affirmation Lord God and as he grows up Lord he would represent this family boldly and beautifully in Jesus name we pray and everyone said Amen. Thank you, God. We love this Bible because it just, it just, every story in the Bible reveals Jesus. And if, you, if you're new to faith, I would even say get this for yourself because it teaches our children that every story in the Bible is related to Jesus, which is crazy, but it is. And then, and then it just reveals it very directly. So let's give uh, Jude a hand. All right, it, will the family of Leilani and Levi please come up? You guys are going to be back up here anyway. Please come up. first. Hi, baby. She won't let me hold her, will she? Beautiful. If everyone, this is Leilani, say hello. What a beautiful moment. What a beautiful moment. And I know that she was an absolute answer to prayer. I know that. I know you guys, that this, she was so an answer to prayer. She's giving me the crazy eyes, but I know she was. But we're going to just pray over you guys as a family, and as a family, always lead her. Like, I don't, 
as, as parents, we lead them. We don't let them just exist and just like do whatever you want. No, we, we shape them into the way God wants to shape them in a beautiful way. So I'm really excited to see how she grows up and what she turns out. And, and, and she, her personality is going to be dynamic. Like it's going to be beautiful. But let's, guys, if you guys can pray with me for Leilani as she's sucking on her pearls here. That's good. That's good. But guys, if you could pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just pray for this family, Lord God. I pray for Pablo and Christy, Lord God. I pray for Leilani, Lord God. I know, Lord Jesus, that this was a moment of prayer, an answer to prayer more than you guys can ever understand. Maybe you guys can understand, Lord God. But I pray in the name of Jesus, let her be beautiful in and out, Lord God. Let her have a sweet spirit full of grace and mercy. Let her exemplify Jesus, Lord God. And I pray that she would stand for truth, Lord God, even when no one stands, Lord God. I pray for, Lord God, that she, her love would be enduring, Lord God. And I pray over her, Lord God, for a, let her be a leader, Lord God, a leader, Lord, not just a follower. We love her, Lord God. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Welcome, Levi. Hey, Levi, you want to say anything? Yeah, silence is golden, right? But uh, Levi, look at him. He's so handsome, so beautiful. I pray that, man, I'm going to pray over him, but I pray that he, he's a, a man of great vision. And that this next generation would be affected in a good way, in a beautiful way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for Levi, Lord God. I pray that he would be, Lord, one that, that loves the next generation, Lord God. Let him be an optimist, Lord God. Let him see the world with your picture, with your view, with your eyes, Lord God. I pray for health and wisdom, Lord. I pray I dedicate, Lord, him for your purpose, Lord God. Let him be strong, Lord God. Let him be the fastest in this class. Let him be, Lord Jesus, to have a huge heart heart, Lord God. Let him lead, God. Let him lead, Lord. And I pray for Levi, for this family. Let him be such a beautiful, Lord God, asset to this family, Lord God. Let him bring in such a joy when he runs around, Lord God. I know, Lord God, that he would be just a joy for them. I know he already is, Lord God. But let him, when he speaks words, Lord God, let people listen, Lord. I pray that over him. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Give Levi a hand. the family of Abigail and friends come up come on up this is awesome this is a beautiful moment what's up Abby ooh she knows she can sense it she can sense it Oh, hey Adam you want to just show her off just walk down a little bit Welcome, Abby, everyone. Welcome, Abby. Woo! 
I love it. I love it. This is a beautiful, beautiful moment. And I, I know that Adam and Judy and uh, have been praying for little Abby. And look at this. Look at this moment. Think about this. You know, those moments that we've, we've talked and like, this is it. We're dedicating. And, uh, and she is so beautiful. is so sweet she is so sweet and as as family just more than anything just know that you guys are the role models right the way she perceives life she'll perceive it like you i know sometimes like don't don't do what i do but that's exactly what they do right in the same way so i want i want you to speak words of life over her always let her know that she has a safe place to go to when she has questions or she needs direction or she thinks mom and dad's crazy. She could be like, oh, I need some, I need some just, uh, just love. And, and, and we all need it. We know that, uh, that, uh, that it does take a village to raise a child. That one day in their teenage years, they, they lose their mind and they won't go to the parents. And, 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 they, and Adam and Judy will need to know that, it, that, that Abby's safe with you guys. And I think that's so important. But let's pray. Let's pray for Abby. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for Abigail, Lord God. Fill her days with joy. Let her smile never end, Lord God. I pray it doesn't fade, Lord God. I pray that let her hope bloom, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus, let her be a big dreamer, Lord God one who trusts God, Lord. And I pray bring health to this body always. Let her be the smartest in class, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would use her, Lord God, to make the world better, Lord God, and grander, Lord. And let people see, Lord God, as she sees, Lord God. Let it be a gift to this family. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Give her a hand. you I'm gonna give you this Bible and I want you to read this over her let her let her know who Jesus is through your life but let her know who Jesus is I think that's the, that's the best thing that we can do it's the best thing we can do and in every story it reveals Christ and we think it's beautiful thank you guys thank you if the family of Maisie can please come up If you guys would uh, please welcome Maisie right here. Aliyah Lovato. Yeah. And we're going to pray over her and dedicate her to God. And, uh, and that we're dedicating a family like you guys have heard. But what a beautiful gift she is. And, it, and, and, and like, don't waste the moments, right? And it, it would... And kids will be like, oh, we grow, you grow up so fast. And it's so true. You're like, I'm like, oh, man, I'm getting, I'm almost middle-aged, right? It's funny. We just got there very quickly. And I still can't grow facial hair, but it's okay. But we're just praying over Maisie 
and she's sleeping so peacefully. I pray that she never loses a peaceful rest like we do. I think in life, these are one of the things like rest. Isn't that funny? Rest is something we love is because we lose it so quickly with stress. And I pray that she views life in, in a beautiful, beautiful way. Do you think she'll, you, can I hold her? That was tricky. But guys, let's pray over Maisie as I hold her. Heavenly Father, as I'm holding her in my arms, Lord God, you hold her in your arms. And just like a beautiful, beautiful Lord child of yours, you just hear us sometimes breathing, God, and you are at peace, God. Isn't it wonderful that we have a Father in heaven who loves us so much, Lord God? I pray you bless her, Lord God. Let her be a woman of vision, of faith, and joy. I pray hope over her, Lord. Let the world never be so heavy, Lord. Let her find rest in Christ. I pray for her mind, Lord God. Let it be so sharp that we would be surprised, Lord God. Lord, that, that, that it's in her, Lord God. I pray for great, beautiful dreams, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that your word would be kept in our heart, Lord God and that she would know you more than anyone else, Lord God, that she would know you deeply and understand when you're speaking and leading her, Lord God. Fill her with your purpose and your grace. Be with me, Z. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. She didn't even know. She didn't even know. Here, I have this Bible for you guys. Yeah, just read that over her. Just read it over her. The stories in there are beautiful. Thank you for letting me pray. At this time, the family of Aurea, please come up. just not Rhea, but all of you guys, like you've heard, like be the, be the person, be a roadmap for her. I think that's such an important thing. Be a roadmap for her. But uh, let her, let her find Christ because the way you guys live your life. I think that's so important. But let's, let's pray for Rhea together. Heavenly Father, I pray for Rhea, God. I pray, Lord God, let her body be healthy. Let her bring honor to your name, Lord God. Lord, let her be a, a, such a joy for her parents, Lord God. Let her always be known for deep wisdom and for grace, Lord God. I pray for your grace, Lord Jesus. I pray for your grace, Lord God. 
I pray, Lord God, that she, Lord God, she would have such a sharp mind, Lord God, and that she would be dedicated to whatever craft that you put in her way, Lord God. And I pray for this family, Lord God, that we would always protect her, Lord God, always think of her, Lord God, and always pray for her, Lord Jesus. I pray for this family, Lord God. Let them represent you well, Lord God. Let them love you well so that the Rhea could see what it means to follow you in a deep and meaningful way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. you read that over her I, and and i think you would learn it's just so beautiful the way that person write, wrote it and illustrated that but uh, let's give a hand to Rhea's family thank you and finally the family of dominique pam solis Everyone, welcome Dominique with me. Hi. Oh my goodness, look at your beautiful eyes. She's like, I love the frowns. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> she is so beautiful and adorable. And I just want to, you know, the family, like we said, that you guys are. Uh, the words that you place in her, it's like building blocks. It, it builds her up to the person that she will be. It's, it's like projection, right? It's not, it's not just her life right now or when five years from now, but it, the words that we speak over her will be projecting her life 20, 30, 40 years from now, just like you and, you and I. We remember words like moments where, where someone spoke over us and we believed them and it was good and it projected us. And there was moments that someone spoke over us and we believed them, it was negative and it brought us down. We started to think differently. The way I want her to think is the same words that Jesus would speak over her. Let her know that she's unconditionally loved. Even in her worst moments, yeah, we discipline our children, but we discipline them with love. We lift them up out of whatever they're in, and I, that's what we want to do. But family, let's let's pray, Lord. Let's pray right now for Dominic. Dominique, Dominique, Heavenly Father, I pray for Dominique in the name of Jesus. As she might be scared, but I pray in the name of Jesus, I lay my hands on her like you would lay your hands on her, Lord God, and you would lift her up, Lord God. I pray for peace in her heart, Lord God, that wherever she stands or whatever, wherever she goes, she would bring peace, Lord God. I pray that she would be a leader and not just a follower, Lord God. Let her lead the way. Let her be a trailblazer of thought, Lord God, of understanding and of love, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that fill her with grace, Lord God, and boldness. Let her be one of courage, Lord God. God, and let her know, let, let no limit ever stop her, God. Let nothing be limited, because you are not limited, Lord God. I pray for this family, Lord God, and I pray for mom and dad. I pray, Lord God, for strength, Lord God, for strength to raise this beautiful, beautiful child. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. And here is the Bible for you guys. Thank you guys for letting me pray for Thank you so much.
At this time, I want to bring up Paul, and he's going to speak to us about bold wonder. Bold wonder. Give my friend Paul a hand. Paul has been leading this place with us together, and, and, and I am so grateful for not only his leadership, but his friendship, and that he loves Hill City Church. He loves the people who walk into this place, the families, and he, and he, and, and he gives to this place. And I just want you to honor him just by giving him a good round of applause and cheering for my friend Paul. Thank you. Good morning. I love all the parents. They're all cheering now until like three in the morning tomorrow. You'd be like, uh, I just know that feeling. Anyway, uh, um, say bold moves. You're like, I've said this before, Paul. There's a big sign over here that says bold moves. <laughs> so at Hill City Church, we're, uh, we're about bold moves. We're about bold changes to our life, not small tweaks. But in 2018, we want to make some bold moves. Amen? Amen. So I welcome you, uh, all of our visitors who are here, coming with your family to see the kids and uh, the little babies who are getting uh, getting uh, dedicated. I love it. So today I'm going to get to talk about bold wonder. So let me ask you a simple question today. What do you wonder about? What do you wonder? It's one of the it's one of those things that we as humans have the capacity to do. Um, I'm sure my dog wonders about things, but uh, it's probably like, when am I going to go for a walk? When am I going to eat? Uh, can I jump in your car, right? Basic things. So, but we have this ability as humans to wonder, don't we? About the future, about uh, the past, why did that happen? Um, and so here's a few examples that you may wonder about. I wonder about the future. What's out in the universe? That's a big one. I wonder if I'll get married and have children. I wonder if I'll get promoted at work. I wonder what I'll get for Christmas or for my birthday, especially if you're a kid. I wonder how long I'll be on this earth and if I'll accomplish my purpose. I wonder if I'll still, do I still have purpose in my life? I wonder. Why, I wonder why people complain all the time. Anybody feel that way? <laughs> Just me. Uh, where will I be in the next five years? Will my kids have a good life? Will these little kids that we just watched, will they have a good life? You know, they're all within, what, six months, a year? I don't know the age, but, right, we wonder that, right? How will they turn out? Um, will it ever end? <laughs> Whatever situation. Will the Broncos win the Super Bowl again? I really wonder. <laughs> I really wonder. It's not looking good. Sorry, guys. I wonder if I'll ever lose weight and be in shape again. Am I ever going to be really skinny again? Uh, I wonder. I went to, uh, this, this may gross some people out. I went to, pho, um, that's not a good way to start a story. This may gross you out. Ready? <laughs> I went to pho. Do you guys know what that is? Vietnamese noodle soup. If you haven't, go to Fud Dewey in Broomfield. It's the best place around. Um, so I, I ordered a dish, and, and he had a very thick accent. He was, he was speaking English, and I was, and I was like, yeah, I'll get it. He's like, Every, kinda, everything? Yeah, everything. Are you kind of sure? Yeah, just throw it all in there. I'm, I'm kind of like, we'll eat whatever. So I got it, and in it, and the soup was like, ah, oh, this is one I usually get, but there's some weird stuff in there, you know. Um, but uh, there was this red spongy thing that looked like red Swiss cheese. Is this anybody gross anybody out right now? Does anybody know what it is? No? All right. So I ate it. I was like, yeah, it's kind of different. <laughs> so I went to check out, and he goes, did you like it? And he, and he said what it was. I said, what, what was it? And he writes B-L-O-O-D. <laughs> so it's not that bad, right? Anyway, so I wondered what I was eating when I ate it. And then when I was told, I said, yeah, it wasn't bad. And then I wondered, after we were leaving dinner, I said, I, I wonder if I'm going to get sick. 
So wonder led to new wonder. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get sick. Uh, it was okay. It was cooked well. I don't know if I'll eat it again because it's a bit odd. Um, my, my grandma is 96 years old, if you can throw that picture up there. I asked my mom the other day, I said, what does she wonder about? So there's my beautiful grandma. She's 1962. I started writing the slide out, and I put 1922 hyphen, and my wife's like, what is, you know, so I was like, no, 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 I'll just keep it at 1922. So she's still living. She's very healthy for a 96-year-old in Wausau, Wisconsin. And she's been alive since President Harding. No President Harding, anybody? You guys need to take some history lessons. To President Trump, I'm sure you've heard of him. He's probably tweeted three times since I've been speaking. Uh, but think of how much life, wondering, and um, would you control your kids? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I have three kids who are like, really, three? Are you done yet? So um, I'm totally sorry. That was, I have, it's okay. But I asked her, what's her wonder now, right? What do you wonder at 96 years old? As a 38-year-old, I wonder about my future. Right? I wonder about all sorts of things. But as a 96-year-old, what do you wonder about? And I asked my mom, and I don't know if she gave you a, a more of an update. She, I'll tell you right now. She wonders how she's going to die. And that's, that's sad, but she's lived most of her life, we can all assume, right? Um, she's, on the, she's on the twilight of her life. Um, she's accomplished so much, and she's in a new area of wonder now. All right? She still wonders. It's not that she doesn't wonder. All right? You don't stop. It's something that we just do. We're always wondering. What did you wonder about that you don't wonder about anymore? Because you figured it out. So there's no wonder. But now there's new wonder. Right? Um, truth is, we all wonder through a frame of context uh, or, or some sort of frame through our life um, that's some sort of imaginary window. If you want to throw up that really cool picture of a window. So we all kind of view this life, right? And as John was going through and dedicating the babies, what we try to do in our lives is establish a frame of reference for these small children. Even reading the Word of God at a young age, we're trying to establish what a, what a biblical frame of reference looks like for your life, right? We all have it. And it's, um, the reason we wonder is because our frame of reference doesn't provide us with the answers, Right? It doesn't give us all the answers to life's questions, to life's problems, to, to, the, to the tragedy, to the oppression that's going on in life. We don't have all the answers, and so we're looking through a frame of reference to come up with answers because life just doesn't make sense. And every time one is resolved, it leads to more wonder, doesn't it? When you have wonder as a kid and you grow up, you're like, oh, that's how that works. Well, now I have all these other questions in my life, right? So we continually wonder. So, for example, are there any astrophysicists in the room? Thank God. All right. Who's ever heard of the steady state theory of the universe? You should think, all right, geeks. No. Or they actually paid attention in school. So the, st the steady state theory of the universe basically was the opposite of the Big Bang. And it said that the universe was just created, it was static, and it really wasn't expanding. It was just sort of there. It was a steady state, all right? So you guys don't judge me if I get this wrong, because I'm not an astrophysicist or a cosmologist or anything like that. So. The universe always existed, it just is. Uh, it made sense scientifically, right? The universe is big, it's flat, it's, it's just kind of there, it's, it's existing. Um, but in 1929, a man by the name of Edwin Hubble, you probably heard of the Hubble Telescope. I know my mom and my, my stepdad worked at Ball Aerospace, so they're very familiar with the Hubble Telescope. It can see quite a bit. Um, he, deserved, he actually observed in 1929 that the galaxies were actually, don't, I don't want to lose you already, guys, so stay with me, the galaxies were actually like shooting away from each other at rapid pace, 
All right? Now, through a telescope, it's not much. But we, they looked at it and said, the, act, the, the universe isn't static. It's not just static. It's actually expanding. And so if it was expanding, that meant that it had to be smaller at one point, right? And so it wasn't static, and it was growing, and it's always growing. So he, he observed this, and Einstein was actually part of Albert Einstein. You've heard of him? Baby Einsteins? No. No. Based on a real guy. And, that, and he, was, he was disturbed by this because he, he actually believed in the steady state theory. So Hubble said, let me go show you. So he took him up to this observatory in California and showed it to him. I don't know what he showed him, but he showed him something good. And then he basically converted Einstein. Um, and then came in 1964, this other really cool thing that I know nothing about was the cosmic microwave background. Uh, let me see if I can read this. Cosmic microwave background radiation. Alan, you know what that is? Oh, dang it. All right. <laughs> He knows everything. No. So that is basically saying that it's really a backing up the Big Bang Theory, all right, saying, hey, that the universe was created, and there's all these pieces of the universe that look like they were all created at the same time. The universe was expanding, but boom, all this stuff was existing. So everyone heard of the Big Bang Theory, not the TV show, all right, but the actual Big Bang Theory became scientifically, and in that community, what was recognized as truth, all right? So that the world was created, uh, sorry, the universe was created in a bang. And then it's been expanding since then. So this is very disturbing to Einstein, as you can imagine. He's like, I've been, um, he's very well-renowned, he's well-renowned across the world. And all of a sudden, he's flipping his complete view on how the universe was created. Um, and so his wonder led to a new wonder. And the whole community, scientific community, was saying, well, we thought this was true, but we think this is true now. So now what? Right? Wonder leads to wonder, all right? And so we have a framework that helps us make sense out of life and help us make decisions that make sense. We're constantly trying to make sense of the world, which is why we wonder. You may be able to come up here. You may not be able to come up here and explain it, but Paul, you have a frame of reference, right? If I could say, what's your frame of reference? You'd say, well, I look at it this way and this way, right? It's, it's kind of implicit. It's just part of who you are is your frame of reference. But it would be hard to articulate and explain your full frame of reference, okay? Because we all wonder, we all look at the world. And our frame of reference, it determines for us what is right and wrong, what is just from unjust, what is important and not important. Everybody prioritizes this. What is fair and unfair. These kind of moral or ethical views on life, they're through our frame of reference. It's how we view the world. Other people might say a worldview, all right? It, it's, it, uh, go to the next one. It, it, really teaches us three basic things. What we believe, how we behave, not how you behave, but how you, maybe you should behave, right? We all say, well, I shouldn't do that, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, and then what you hope for and what is worth hoping for. Um, all of us have this in our life. So we typically inherit this. Someone begins shaping and forming like these little babies, uh, these, little, these little children that we all said, they're all going to about, you, all you parents are about to pass on a frame of reference to your child. What's, what's her name? What was it? Maisie? Did I get it right? Good, yes. All right. I'm really good with names. I'm not. But Maisie's, you're going to pass on a frame of reference to her and her life and how she's going to view the world, all right? And she's going to grow up and she's going to be raised in that context. All of us were raised and inherited of a context. And maybe from your parents, your, your, the family members that were up here, your community, your city, experiences, all sorts of things. This is a big composite of life that, that dictates our frame of reference. All right? Maybe you were raised with a religious framework or kind of religious framework. You know what I mean by kind of religious? Like you kind of went to church maybe once in a while or people believe, your family believed in God but didn't really tiny actually think to it. It was just kind of like, yeah, God exists, but we actually don't really know what his plan is for my life. And I don't really know the details of it. So there's kind of a religious and maybe a non-religious 
Uh, maybe it is scientific, where you're raised around uh, pure math and science, and that's how you view the world. Uh, maybe moralistic or legal. Uh, this is how you behave, and you have to behave correctly. And it was really that, not really grounded in any sort of religious context, but this is how you behave. Uh, maybe you grow up in uh, karma. I was just talking to someone about this this morning, about stuff happens for a reason. Uh, maybe it was opportunistic. You always look out for yourself. Nobody else is going to look out for you. And then fate, uh, kind of the opposite of karma. Stuff happens for no reason. Just happens, right? Um, so regardless of the different frames, we were raised with one of these, and all of us, we adopted it. And then as we got older, right, as we, as we started to learn more about the world and our experiences, we got educated, uh, we, we then begin to adapt that frame of reference that was passed on to us as children, right? I think everybody in here can say, I, pa- bring, I brought, got them from my parents, but I adapted it a little bit, or I completely abandoned it or ran from it. So some of us uh, found that... Um, we, and then other of us, we returned right back to it, right? You kind of go away, like the prodigal son. If you know the story of the prodigal son, he kind of leaves, and then he comes right back to it. They're like, man, mom, this is my mom over here. So I'm like, You're, you were right. So um, anybody ever had that realization? Yeah? You'll get there someday. <laughs> um, but many of us chose to abandon it, didn't we? So a lot of us either are there or we're considering uh, leaving it or we have left it and we abandon this frame of reference that, that was, we were brought up with, especially from the faith, faith context. And when life doesn't add up with our framework, it leaves us wondering. As you grow up and you're like, this just doesn't make sense. When my da- I lost my dad when he was 60 years old and I was talking to um, Mike today and he's, that was relatively young, right? That wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like a 10-year-old or a 20-year-old, but everyone can agree in here that a 60-year-old is young, right? Um, it didn't used to be, <laughs> but it is now. And that doesn't make sense to me, all right? My frame of reference, I started to wonder, why did I lose my dad? I, I still wonder that, but it doesn't fundamentally change who I am and because my frame of reference is rooted in something different, so I'm gonna get there. So this is gonna be really disturbing. Uh, so wondering can lead to, ready for this? Wandering. Ooh, Monica, are you impressed? No, she's not. All right. Wondering and wandering, right? When we begin to wonder and we begin to challenge something, sometimes it can lead to wandering. Like a, like a dog, like my dog who gets out of the back fence and all of a sudden he's just like, you're up with a dog. And if he would get out of the, fen- uh, get out of the yard, he would just wander up the street. Like, I'm not kidding, like a quarter of a mile. He didn't know where he's going. He's just wandering. He didn't know where he's going. Um, my dog now is really good and he wouldn't do that. Um, but my, a bird getting out of a cage, they're just flying off, right? And sometimes you just you, you buck, buck the frame of reference you grew up with and you just start wandering because you just know that that doesn't make sense. So you start to wander. And typically with our experiences, we don't wander well, do we? Um, you don't wander right into like a really good situation. Uh, it typically ends up in, a, in kind of a rough one. Uh, but suddenly a whole world opened up for you. Uh, this religious upbringing you had and this kind of faith-based frame of reference just didn't make sense. And all of a sudden it was this awakening and you started to think, man, the world is so big now, right? And you started to enjoy that. But then you started to realize, that there was sort of a feeling, maybe some of you are feeling this today, that it just didn't feel like you had that peace. There's something that was still missing in your life. All right, and so I want to talk about that a little bit today. So as I go through the rest of the message, I want you to consider and invite you to reframe your life around making Jesus the person in your framework. You guys still with me? All right. So one thing here, this is, this is another bad way to start a sentence. This next statement might offend you a little bit. All right, you guys ready? No amens? All right. <laughs> there may be a fatal flaw to your current frame of reference, and the fatal flaw is it might be you. So let me ask a question. What do we know? What do you know? 
What do we know? I mean, do we have it all figured out? Has our frame, is our frame of reference when we were eight years old and 16 year olds, has it changed for a lot of you? Of course it has, right? What we know, um, every season of our life, it changes. We hated our parents for taking us to the dentist. I was the worst kid at the dentist. Like, they had to almost put me down in straps. I mean, it was really bad, right, mom? <laughs> I was that really bad kid, and I was like, and now I willingly go take myself to the dentist, right? My, my frame reference has changed. I couldn't stand cleaning up the kitchen as a child. Now I clean the kitchen constantly. What happened? Uh, Tight-rolled pants. I used to wear those as a kid, right? And now it's back. I wonder why that is. It's not as cool as when we were doing it back in 1986, way back. So isn't it true that every season of life, your reference, your point, your reference changes a bit, right? How you wonder, what you wonder about. Um, here's what I know about you and me, is that our way of interpreting the world is extremely limited. We have such a small viewpoint, don't we? We all have kind of a perspective on the world. You probably think universally or globally, but the way that you think about it is extremely limited. So here's what Christians believe. If you're new to faith, if you've been here for a while, if you don't really know about this Jesus thing, I'll just make a basic statement about what, what Christians believe. That God so loved the world, okay, is a famous verse, John 3, 16, that God so loved the world, that while mankind, and I'm going back 2,000 years, that mankind was, was learning and exploring and wondering and understanding more about the world and passing that knowledge on from generation to generation, that he went ahead and said, I'm going to, I have a plan, and I'm going to send a person to be a point of reference in your life, all right? Are you with me? So that God sent someone to the side of the frame. So remember the window that is on the other side? He sent someone to our side of the frame to have a point of view through who God had, what, what God's plan is for our life, all right? So let's dig into the Word of God for a few minutes, all right? And we're going to give another cheer as I bring this up. So the Bible is broken into two, uh, two, two main parts, Old Testament, New Testament. And I'm saying this for the reason. The Old Testament was the, uh, the old Jewish scripture, all right? And the New Testament was basically a bunch of, I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to uh, um, um, simplify this, but it's a, it's a bunch of Christian documents that were written um, after Jesus, all right? So we put those together, the Old Testament and the Christian documents known as the New Testament, and that became called the Bible, all right? So we have these two different documents. And in the first century, uh, in this book, there's a book called Hebrews. All right, Hebrews is one of the books in those Bibles, and it was a first century document. The author, anybody know who the author is? Nope. We actually don't know. It was a trick question. <laughs> um, so we don't know who the author is, but it was written to the Jewish people that called Jesus the Messiah. So um, this was crazy. I'm not going to go into this. I could really talk about this, but a Jewish person recognizing this new person as the Messiah it's really hard to explain. I'm trying to think of a good analogy to put it in, but it basically, I mean, I hate, this, is, this falls so short, but it would be like a bunch of Broncos fans overnight turning to Raiders fans. And then, not only that, so the, Bronco, then the, the Broncos fans, the Raiders fans, and now they have to live in Denver, right? And that's hard, isn't it? Any Raiders fans in here? None? You don't want to raise your hand? All right, so... It's hard, right? So you're trying to, you're, you're questioning if you should do this thing. You're questioning if you should still persist and like really, uh, you know, give up your allegiance as a Raiders fan. Um, but I'm, I'm proud of you. You're holding strong, all right? 
And uh, so it's not really close to that, but just imagine that you're really, you're Jewish and you're God, and all of a sudden this man comes, and he lives and he dies, and he rises again. We just did Easter, and all of a sudden these Jewish people are now saying, that's the Messiah, that's the man that the Bible, that the Jewish scriptures talked about, and I'm going to now live in this community, and imagine the majority of the people around you didn't agree with you. And all of a sudden, that's a, that, imagine that tension. Imagine the, the hardship of that, of living in that context, of trying to fight for this thing that you believe was good. So this writer of Hebrews is coming to those new Jewish Christians and saying, and I'm going to get to this, okay, but it does, I want to give you a little bit of perspective on, on what this author is doing. So the author tells them, do not abandon your faith, all right? The answer to the question of why they shouldn't walk away from their frame of reference or reality was just really one word, and I'm going to get to it. So I want to read a few words from this document and then ask you a question. So Hebrews 4.14. Boom. All right. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, okay, he's the author talking to these new Jewish Christians. We have a new priest who has ascended to heaven, referring to Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. We profess. Um, so this is just a few years after it, okay? So he's not saying, hey, guys, since everything is going well, it's all working out. Remember I told you, it's like being a Raiders fan in Brown country, right? It's not like everything's going well, right? We're resol- we've resolved all the answers to the mysteries of the universe. You have, you have everything you need to know. Um, we resol- Remember, the Bible doesn't even exist yet, okay? There's no Bible for them to go back to. They're just living out this new Christian world literally a few years after the death of Jesus and the resurrection, so you talk about, like, we have all this, like, root, we have this foundation, we have this book we can go to, we have so much sort of a, a heritage and foundation in our faith. They really had nothing. They were purely going off of what happened in Jesus' life, okay? So he's not saying that everything's perfect and that I have all the answers, all right, and the perfect knowledge of the future. He's, saying not, he's not saying that, but that's kind of how we feel, isn't it? We want all the wonder to go away. Be like, I want to know without a shadow of a doubt that this is real, and that's how we look at if we believe or not. All right, so let's jump to Hebrews 12. So I'm going to continue on. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, this sounds really weird. Does, I mean, does anybody talk about cloud of witnesses? Rico, man, you see the cloud of witnesses out there? Like, it's just not part of our speech. It's not part of our vernacular. But what is cloud of witnesses? What he's referring to is the, all the Jewish people, the hundreds of years before that. And so all this cloud of witnesses that were before us, that believed, all right, that, that God was going to do something in the world for the world. I'm going to say this again. In the world for the world. Say this. In the world for the world. Ah, that was really sad. Let's do it again. Ready? In the world for the world. Okay, God was going to do something in the world and for the world, all right? And that's what he told, anybody heard of the name Abraham? All right, oh yeah, I like that. Oh yeah, you don't even have to be a Christian or do this. You probably heard of Father Abraham or Abraham, all right? He was a really big deal. Uh, God told him, uh, he basically promised to Abraham that I'm going to make you a nation and you're going to impact the entire world, okay? And Abraham died and didn't see this promise fulfilled. And all these people, these generations before, didn't get to see that promise fulfilled. So these early Christians, they were on the fulfillment side of that promise, all right? So Abraham had all his plans, and then Jesus came, and so they're actually on the fulfillment side. They're actually on the good side, not waiting for this thing to happen, but it had happened, and they were on the other side. Newsflash, we're all on that other side too. We are on the fulfillment side. We're in the reign of, of Christ and his ultimate plan where Christ has died, and we're now in that plan of, his, of him impacting the whole world, in the world, for the world. Don't forget that. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and sin and the sin that so easily entangles. If you grew up in a religious home, you kind of know this sin thing. Um, It's pretty much like guilt. 
Anybody feel that? You wake up and you're like, I am bad. I am bad. And so you didn't like that guilt. And so um, what, what happened is you started, remember I talked about you kind of walked away from that frame of reference. Said, I didn't like the guilt. I didn't like the feeling. I didn't like the feeling that the church put on me or, or the pastor put on me or, or the pressures of failing. And so instead of, instead of trying to process through that, you just walked away from it completely. You walked away from that frame of reference. You walked away from that way of living. And you didn't really change the way you're living. You just said, I'm not going to let that uh, give me guilt anymore. Isn't that true? So I just dismissed the entire thing. So even though I got a new window, even though I'm looking through a new window, my behavior's uh, about the same, so, so, something's missing. Something just uh, does, doesn't have that peace. And let us, I'm going to continue, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Marked out means this plan, this sort of frame of reference, this blueprint, if you will, that God puts in our life. All right? It's not a religion or philosophy. It's a person. So the next few words are so important. So he says, to the, he says to them, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Here it is, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Your upbringing, either church or whatever, chances are that it focused you on something other than Jesus, even though it was maybe in a church. Maybe it didn't focus you on Jesus. He didn't say, I, you know, I'm going to, um, I, I uh, race marked out for us uh, going to Sunday school or raising your hands in a worship service. And I'm not trying to dismiss this, but the early writer of Hebrews, understand the context. Jewish people trying to follow Jesus, and he says, don't forget, there's a plan marked out for us, and that is to fix our eyes on Jesus, the person. Perhaps when you grow up, when you grew up in church, uh, what, what did fixing your eyes on if you had been part of the faith growing up? That maybe it was a pastor. Uh, that person is so great. Uh, that person is so funny and relevant. I love Pastor John, and he's awesome, isn't he? He's a good pastor. Come on, it's building. It's the swell is growing. Okay. Maybe it's church. Come on, you have to be in church. Anybody grow up with this? You have to be in God's house. You know, like, what is, is this like a house? There's no, there's no uh, closets or anything. This isn't the house. Um, maybe it's the Bible. You're really, uh, you grew up in a family that really focused on the Bible. It's God's word. It's holy. It's really confusing, but it's all true. Um, and maybe, you're, maybe your family fixed you on this book, the Bible. Or maybe it was experience. You went to camp. Uh, you filled out a card. You went through baptism. I mean, these are all good things. Please hear me out. These are all good things. Uh, you went through baptism. You went to a baby dedication, right? And there was events, and, and, and there's, there's power in that. There's power in these sort of rites of passage that go through life. Um, or maybe it was circumstances that, man, I just saw God come through in healing my, my grandma. Um, he answered my prayer, and I cling to that, that that's who God is. That's what I hold firmly to. Um, this is, but, but this is ultimately why so many people walk away from faith, because they, they focused and, and grounded their faith on circumstance, experience, Bible, or the pastor, and they didn't focus it on what? Jesus. Because we fixed our eyes on something else than what the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews and the writers of the New Testament, they didn't talk about these things that I just said, and these are not bad things, but they're not what was going to stand the pressures of life, was to say, I just need another good experience. I just need to read the word. And that's not bad things. Okay, hear me out. But that's not the only one thing. He says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Because Christianity, like I said, didn't begin with a book. It didn't begin with a church. It didn't begin with an organization. It, it, not even a philosophy and not even theology. It began with a person. 
of what we just celebrated a month ago, it's, it, it's, it began and spread like crazy with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's what this author was getting at. And let me keep going. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out to us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then there are these two powerful words, consider him. So he goes through all this. Remember, these, old, these early Jewish Christians, he says, blah, 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 consider him. Not what you know and what you've been taught, so not what you grew up with in our, maybe some of our American tradition, uh, traditional Christianity, but consider his claims, not what people have claimed about him. Consider him. Not them, not what, not your experience or your circumstances. Consider him. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I'm going to close here. I don't know if we have the worship team. Oh, dude, that was, prov- that was providence. Man, I have a little Bluetooth. He was talking to me. No. The reason you maybe walked away or struggling today because it was something or someone else and Jesus is not your focus. This is such a big deal to me personally. I'm our church. A generation is abandoning faith because the church has signed God's name, the, 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 the kind of global church, and I'm not trying to throw everybody on this, so we're going to do our best to focus on Jesus at Hill City Church. Come on, John. Let me hear that again. No wonder you fell apart. No wonder we began to wander. When we had these things, that was like, I, I just need another good camp experience. Man, do I love camp. Do I love that experience? And that is absolutely critical. Man, do I love the, the word of God. Man, do I love the circumstance where I see God answer a prayer. But I don't cling and hold firmly to those things because we just, that's not how God works. He never, he's not a vending machine God, right? Do you remember the scene from uh, the never ending story where he climbs up on that hill? Uh, this is uh, this is like Gen X stuff here, okay? But you get on that grass hill, and all of a sudden it starts to shake, and he's he's like, "What am I on?" Right? He's on this thing that's not firm at all, and then he falls off. Man, we want to do our best to fix our eyes on Jesus, not on the organization, not on these things I just talked about. So if you grew up with that, um, or or maybe another thing, bad things never happen to good people. Of course, you lost faith. That's not even the Christian faith. God never promised any of those things. If you read the word of God, that's not how he works. And I love this last piece. I'll finish with this. God's promise is more full of wonder than any of those things. And Paul it writes in Romans, God, Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrates his love, not saying, I'm going to create a great worship experience, or I'm going to give you this perfect book that's completely understandable, and you always, you know, everything in the, in the Bible and how it works. No, while I was still a sinner, while I'm still a sinner, right now in this moment, while I was still contrary to God, still wondering, Christ went ahead and died for me and for us. It was this trustworthiness and wonder that God settled at the cross, cross not an answered prayer. This is the wonder we should never ever lose. Bold wonder. View God, when Jesus came on that other side of the frame of reference, he gave us a point of view that we can look life through that lens and say, God, I look it through this lens and that's how I know your plan for my life. We're invited to fix our eyes on Jesus, not because of faith, because he provided us enough evidence for us to believe. While our minds continue to catch up with the wonder of this world and creation, we don't need to wonder about God's plan and his love for us. You guys can stand, and I'm going to close. Put up that big number up there, Caleb. Uh, do I have that big? There you go. 
That's a, if you don't know, is a 2.88 billion. You know what this number represents? <laughs> this is kind of crazy. This is the number of cells that died in your body in the last 60 minutes. 2.8 billion cells decided to go home, wherever home is. But you know what's so amazing and wondrous is that in that same moment, new cells split and replace those dead cells. And did anybody actively do that? You're like, go 2.8 billion cells. I command you to die and replace. No, it happens automatically. It happens automatically. That should fill you with wonder. It does me at least. So what do you wonder? What do you wonder? Once upon a time you wondered and then you wandered. And maybe you stepped away from faith or you're stepping away now and you're kind of wandering and you're trying to figure out this thing. And I wish to invite you not back to a church, like I said, or an institution or an organization or even a group of people, but I would challenge you to fix your eyes on Jesus. What was the faith, what was the faith you lost fixed and fastened to? When you think about that, I don't like this thing. I didn't like this frame of reference, but what was it fastened to? My hunch that it was not fixed on Jesus. It was something or someone else. So if you wondered then wandered, here's something. Perhaps your eyes got fixed on the wrong thing. Your eyes got fixed on the wrong person. There were all these things to wonder about and we should always wonder. I hope you take away from this message that we shouldn't wonder. We should absolutely wonder, amen? That is part of our creative being. But when we look through, we should never, ever question God's love for us and his plan and what he did. It won't be, if, if, you, take, if you don't take your eyes off those things and fixing your eyes on Jesus, and we'll always keep a wonder of his love in our hearts. Amen. Let's pray. The story of Jesus and his place in history is new to you. You don't know what fixing your eyes on him means, uh, and you'd like to know more about him. We'd love to talk with you, so please find one of us up here at the front after service, and we'd be more than willing to, to pray for you, answer questions, and um, just talk about this message of what it means to fix your eyes on Jesus. Thank you, God, for preserving this text. For those who risked and gave their lives for us to read these early Christian documents and putting it in the context of the Old Testament, God, and the old Jewish scripture, and what a beautiful narrative and story it is, all culminating, God, in this story of Jesus. And God, we fix our eyes on Jesus this morning. For everyone, and where we're at in our own frame of reference and wonder, I pray for God for us this morning to fix our eyes on Jesus. For those who are having a hard time believing that it's not about giving up our mind or our thoughts or our experience or our wonder. It's not about that. This is all additive. This is all adds to those things. But God, be on that other side of the frame for us, that we view life through the lens of Jesus. Show us what it means to fix our eyes on you. And God, I pray for the outsiders that are questioning us to give the courage to fix our eyes on the person of Jesus. God, you are so good to us. We thank you for the demonstration of your love on the cross the evidence of Jesus rising again and absolutely changing the world that you did indeed, God, have that plan and you fulfilled your promise to do something in the world for the world, God. We love you. We thank you, God. And I pray this week, God, that we just continue to meditate, God, and always put you, God, in the front of our, in the point of our frame that we view life through your lens. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give God a hand. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for all the baby dedications of families. It was such an honor to have you guys here, and uh, have a great week.